0: Modern, modern, Deadhood. Deadhood. modern Deadhood
1: podcast. <laughs> the holiday episode, Mark.
0: Do you feel the, uh, the, the festive, does it feel like the holiday episode? Does it feel like it?
1: I think I'm feeling the warm glow of the holidays. Would you like to introduce the podcast? This podcast? Mm-hmm. Modern dadhood?
0: Mm-hmm. A- an ongoing conversation about the joys, challenges, and general insanity of being a
1: dad in this moment? Yeah, you wanna do you wanna say that? No. Well, would you introduce yourself at least?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. My name is Mark Checkett, and I am I'm a I'm a father. I'm a modern dad, and I have two children, twins, who will be five in oh, just less than two months at this point dangerously close and they're both boys they're good kids they are well now that i say it out loud <laughs> we can talk maybe we can get into that in
1: a minute but what, what about you who, who, who are you oh my name is adam flaherty and i also am a modern dad i have two daughters who <laughs> well as of uh, this episode are like very close to nine and six I mean, the conversations, the conversations that we are having, my girls are almost smarter than me. That's wild. I believe that because I know you. I don't want to forget to say this. uh, Dads, wherever you're listening right now, that could be. Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Spotify, or any other platform. Mark and I would sure appreciate if you would subscribe and please leave us a rating and a review. It can just be a few words, but it helps us to turn new fans onto the show.
0: And we promise that we won't continue to uh, open the show by saying, and I'm a modern dad.
1: Yeah, that was, that, that was, was super dorky. And the it only really reason dorky. I did it is because I felt like I had to follow I did it. down I the did path it. that you've forged. Yeah, no, and I regret it. I do. I don't regret a lot, but that I regret that. Mark, who's the guest for today's episode? Well,
0: I'm excited because the guest is, um... Someone that you already know. Mm -hmm. You guys go way back. We're talking college years. And I'm not going to lie. Listening to y'all reminisce a little bit got me a little bit jelly. But he was a fantastic dude. His name is Joe Mandravelis. And beyond being a friend uh, to you, and I'd like to think now a friend to me as well. That's how um, it works. Is that how it works? Yeah, yeah. I hope so. I hope so, Joe. He's also a dad, and he's got a pretty uh, amazing... uh, story and we talk about uh we
1: talk about his life a little bit before we do the little uh music sting Mm -hmm. you know getting into the next portion of the podcast before we do the sting there's one other thing i want to say oh say it i want to remind listeners that i'm going to be attending and speaking at the PodFest Multimedia Expo at the end of January, presenting a breakout session on the use of video to promote podcasts and just hanging out there for a few days. I really look forward to meeting some people, learning some things about podcasting that I wasn't aware of. And I'm really hoping to hang with you, Mark. I don't know, though. I don't know. I'm going to haven't convinced me. I'm going to get my act together.
0: You know, ye, ye of little faith, dude. I, I've done a lot of things in my life that I've accomplished by waiting till the very last minute.
1: So, I'm hoping that that's true. But right now I am in I'll believe it when I see it camp.
0: OK, you just you wait.
1: Podfestexpo.com. Grab your tickets and join us down in Orlando in the end of January. All right. Just before Christmas Eve, um, I I know that our listeners celebrate all sorts of different holidays. You and I celebrate Christmas. We're just before Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. How are the boys doing? Are they going nuts? What's their behavior like? What's the energy like?
0: Are we talking about like naughty and nice list?
1: (laughs) Yes. Are they on the nice list? Well, listen,
0: if I'm the one writing the list, I don't know. (laughs) Let me tell you what happened yesterday and and what happened today. Okay. Yesterday, one of my kids took a scissors and uh, cut through the sleeve of one of my jackets that was hanging in the closet. That's behind me here. That's Uh, devastating.
1: But but can I, I, sorry, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. I just need to ask. Uh Did you say took his scissors or took a scissors? He took a scissors, which is, which is, so we have
0: like a, an art cart, yeah. you know, like a three tiered, it's got wheels. You can hang things off the sides yeah. of it and we keep it in the closet. And, that um, sounds great. Uh, but yesterday for some, some reason that just, I don't, I don't understand. Uh, one of my kids took one of the scissors.
1: Okay. Hold on. Only cause you paused uh-huh. before you said he took a scissors. Uh-huh. It's like a <laughs> yeah. it's like a singular with a plural, a scissor. A, yeah. Or you think it's like yeah, a scissor or some scissors or a pair of scissors. Would you say a scissor just on a regular old Wednesday talking to your I neighbor? I would say a scissors. Wow. Yeah. Huh? Is that wrong? <laughs> it's not wrong. It's just uh, never you and I live before. in different universes. Mark, check it. Damn. Well, you are in Maine, a and scissors? I am in New
0: Hampshire. He took a cutting device and he cut the shit out of my sleeve. Yeah, That's the okay. point of
1: the story. <laughs> yeah, all right. So he has <laughs> and the back question to your... Is, uh...
0: And the question is, why did he do that? And, I, and so my other son, you know, whether this was the right thing to do or not, I, I, I don't know. But he came over and he, said, and, he, and he said, I have something to tell you that I'm afraid to tell you. And I, I said, I said, I said, I said you, well, you have to tell me now. Uh-huh. And he said, my other son, uh, cut your jacket and I went, what?
1: I'm guessing that this wasn't just like a throwaway jacket. It's a nice, it's a nice
0: outer shell. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and so I was flabbergasted, kind of pissed, but also just, I think was more flabbergasted Confused, than anything yeah. else, you know? And so uh, here's how I dealt with it. I went over and I said, um, hey, did you do this? (laughs) And he said, yes. And (laughs) Mm -hmm. he said, it was an accident. And I, I said, it was not an accident. It was a mistake. And I'm not mad, but I need you to understand that it was a mistake and that we can't make that mistake again.
1: Were you being fully honest with him though? Were you mad? Uh, I was, I was,
0: I'm mad now about it. Now that I think about it. And when I go and look at the jacket, I'm mad about it, but ultimately it's a jacket. Okay. He didn't hurt anybody. You know, I don't think it was done uh, maliciously. You know, I think it was i I'm going to see what happens when I do this. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, uh, and I didn't, I also, I didn't want it to turn into a big fight in that moment. No, but hearing him say it was an accident, I kind of I like, well, in my mind, I was like, I got to call bullshit a little bit on that. Like, yeah, I can't get I cannot let him get away with. I accidentally pulled the art cart out, rifled through to find the sharpest scissors, took the scissors and then, you know, went through all of your jackets <laughs> to find the <laughs> easiest one that I could cut and then went for it. Yeah. Like. No, it was just a, a decision that you made that was a wrong decision. And I hope in hindsight that you see that it was the wrong decision. So that happened yesterday. That happened yesterday. Today, my other son put a huge fucking hole in the wall in his room, by oh. uh, slamming his door open. And, and literally, there is a doorknob-sized
1: hole in the drywall. I didn't even know that sheetrock would like bust like that, like a, in Dude, that it, shape. Doesn't it, it seem like it would crack or something?
0: It, it's almost like a cartoon. You know how like a cartoon character like quickly turns and runs away. Yeah. And then there's like a perfect outline yeah. shape of the person running <laughs> through the, the wall. That's,
1: that's kind of what it looked like, but doorknob. Wow. I, did, I would never have guessed that that would happen.
0: Yeah, it happened, and it was loud. And he immediately, there was a moment of silence. Yep. That was followed by um, immediate like um, St-
1: stuffing a sock in. Into <laughs> it.
0: No, he actually just got he just got his drywall kit out and started patching
1: it up. Threw some mud up there. <laughs> he and put just some mud. He, took he it. I'll take care out.
0: of it. I'll take care
1: of it again. He got some of that mesh and put it over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: He was having a moment. He was really upset. He had, uh, earlier in the night was a really sweet moment because he said he had kind of a sad day at school. And so I was holding him and and I was telling him that sometimes that happens and we can talk about it if you want and all this and that. And then I think it just, the the day became too much for him and then it was close to bedtime and he was tired and he was having a real meltdown and so we put him in his room because he was being kind of destructive yeah uh and we didn't want him to be destructive so we put him in his room for a little bit of time and he opened his closet door and just slammed it (laughs) with all of his might against the wall and uh yeah so so all this to say
1: that's how it's going
0: (laughs) you know (laughs) I don't, we're gonna leave it to Santa to decide which
1: list these these guys are on. I mean, I'm that gonna, could be a scenario where they were on the nice list all year long up until the final week. little strikeout. and then Santa motion. might just skip over number seventeen, yeah. you know, <clears throat> let's see check in household ooh, ooh, so close, oh man, yeah, it's oh, like man. my girls aren't acting up so much as just like emotions are very high and very volatile but that's like really no different than every time we talk about our kids and i say emotions are high we're emotional creatures us people all right let's transition into the next part of the episode where we talk with my friend joe Mandervelis about his awesome family and their relationship with autism spectrum disorder Joe Mandravelis is a senior design engineer and a musician. Uh, Joe lives in Connecticut with his wife and three kids and uh, happens to be a personal friend uh, who I met in college years ago, like early 2000s. We uh, recently reconnected and I'm so psyched to have you here, man. Thanks. Thanks, Joe, for joining us.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, it's great to be on.
0: How much more man, how much more manly can you get? The, the word man is in your last name. Feels a little it, unfair.
2: It's, it's a part of uh, part of my heritage being manly. And I was bestowed the name Mandro by my football coach in high school. And that kind of oh, stuck man. with me through college.
1: So we hung out a lot in college and played a lot of music together and did a lot of stupid stuff together uh, as you do in college. Um, but. Since then, we've really only seen each other a few times and stayed in touch, you know, a little bit. But this past fall, Joe reached out uh, because your parents actually live, despite you living several hours from where I live, your parents live only 10 or 15 minutes from where I live. And I didn't realize that, but you reached out and said, I'm in the area. And we ended up hanging out for a couple hours. You came over and we, uh, one evening after your daughter who you had brought up to visit your parents were in bed and, uh, we did a little fire pit and caught up and it was, it was super nice.
2: There was, it was awesome. And, um, I had to do some sweet talking to my parents to convince them to let me leave. I almost felt like I was in high school again, like, (laughs) yes, mom, I'll be home by 11 o'clock. And I have my phone on in case she wakes up. But yeah, that was that was good. Uh, good seeing you and hanging out. Actually, I can't think of the last time I hung out in a fire pit. Um, I need to do that more in my life, I think. So.
1: So one of the things I mean, we caught up for a couple hours and had some good laughs. But one of the things that we talked about and that you shared about was your kids. I would love yep. for, to have you just sort of start off by sharing a little bit about your family, your kids, their ages. And, and we can go from there.
2: Yeah. So uh, my oldest is Mia. She's, uh, six. Uh, she's going to be turning seven, uh, this, uh, coming, uh, March. And then we have, uh, twins their boy girl. Uh, and they are, uh, four. They just turned four in September. Uh, so that was, uh, quite the experience going from one, uh, child, then all of a sudden having three, uh, that was, uh, I'd say life-changing to say the least. They, uh, they're awesome. Um, and I did mention they, they are on the spectrum. Uh, so it makes uh, life uh, challenging sometimes. Uh, so that was kind of the biggest, I think, shock because when right around the time that we had the twins, that's around the time we started noticing, uh, things with our daughter and, and eventually we got her tested and, um, you know, into programming to kind of help her and, uh, it was, it was definitely, a um, a, a challenging, uh, time.
1: So all three of your kids are on the autism spectrum and your oldest daughter was two or, or between two and three when the
2: twins were born. Yeah, she was, uh, yep. Yeah. It was around the, the winter when she was two, the twins were born in September and, um, yeah it was just it was it's kind of just like amazing to kind of think where we were and then to where we are now because they they're they're, in, they're doing really good now. At the beginning, it's just you know you you have a child, and um, you know there were a lot of instances when she was younger before we had the twins where you know she had some difficulties um, going places or going to the grocery store, being around people that weren't familiar. Um, you know, we talked to the doctors about it and and I said, no, she'll be fine. She'll grow out of it. And, you know, we kind of just kept going and eventually we got to the point where she was in, uh, daycare. Um, and then she had some incidents where she was, uh, showing some aggression to other students in the, in the, uh, in the daycare. So at that point, the staff uh, met with me and my wife and said that, you know, we should probably work with birth to three services. Uh, to to meet with her and, and see what you know, what's going on and and they came to our house and at that point they realized hey you should probably get her tested for autism. Fortunately, I had a close friend that worked in the industry and his father had a practice, um, and we were able to get her tested within a few months or actually I want to say like a month or so, and then that's when we found out you know she they told us that she, they thought she was on the spectrum and that she should start getting. Um, you know, ABA services.
1: Yeah. And just to clarify, when you say ABA, you're, uh, it stands for applied behavioral analysis, uh, therapy. Yeah.
0: So uh, this is new territory for me. And so I'm just wondering if you can describe a little bit, what does testing look like?
2: So they, um, they bring them into some doctors and evaluators, um, and it's really like kind of play-based So basically, you're you're having a professional work with the child um, to see their skill levels on what they should be be doing uh, for their age range. You know, so she was two. So there's certain milestones that they need to hit, but they're trying to measure her capabilities in all skills of, you know, playing, communication, language, um, which is a huge part um, and, and communicating, which she had a really difficult time um you know speaking and talking so that was one of the indicators you know her her social skills weren't at a level that you'd see a typical 2-year-old
1: now was that so when you had asked her doctors and you were told you know she'll grow out of it it'll be fine was that the type of thing that you were asking about you know why is her verbal communication not at the level of other kids or were you seeing signs of like the aggression, you know, the daycare was seeing. It,
2: it wasn't. Yeah, it was. That was newer. But, you know, it was like when she was younger, the the amount of words that she had seemed to be lower. Mm-hmm. It was more like anxiety um, that she was afraid to do certain things. And then add on top of that, you know, my wife is pregnant with two babies um, yeah. at, while this is happening. And then that huge change of all of a sudden that you have two kids you know, two babies into the house. And then on top of that, my son, um, he ended up having to go into NICU for the first month because oh, uh, he had premature breathing. So we were, we were kind of all over the place, uh, you know, from the hospital back to home, you know, having, you know, family here to help. And that's right around the same time we found her that, you know, she was on the, they suspected she was on the uh, spectrum.
0: So your wife is pregnant with, with the twins. When you start to go through the process of trying to identify what may or may not be going on in, in your daughter's life, what's going through your mind as it pertains to now these new kids? Are you at all worried for the two unborn kids or are you not even thinking about that? Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, the way that it, the way that it happened was, you know, we found out after they were born.
0: Okay. Okay. So, so they, the they had, they had little... already
2: been born when, when we found out um, Got it. at that point, you know, my wife was, you know, she researches everything online and looks all mm-hmm. all the information. And, you know, one of the biggest things she found that if you have one child with autism, the chances of your siblings having it are exponentially higher. Okay. So hmm. at that point, um, she had reached out to get them because the wait lists were so long. She got them into a program to be tested between twelve and eighteen months. Oh wow! Okay. Um, at, a, at a at a local university hospital. Uh, so that's how we were able to get them, even though we had no idea they were just babies at that point.
1: Right. And that's I figured, what I was gonna say.
2: Get in line now.
1: You know, they're. do you say like twelve months old is when they were doing testing? On the twins?
2: Yeah, for that program, it it was 12. So actually our daughter, um, when we had her done, she was the first. It was a pretty quick turnaround after going through the testing. Say, yeah, we think she has autism. You know, new recommend, you know, you get her into, you know, programs to support. And then my son, fast forward, this is 2019, (laughs) right into 2020 when the pandemic starts. That was right around the time when we started getting my son uh into that therapy and then they gave him that diagnosis right around the the pandemic time frame so once once things shut down that was you know definitely a challenging time you know the the five of us in the house together um but eventually the this um their school provided service to inside the house where technicians came with masks and they were able to work with the kids like 6 hours a day and they kind of rotated and tried to do programming and in, in home, uh, which was you know really helpful. But the biggest challenge is to get them covered to do that when they're under the age of five. You have to go through insurance, so you have to be on a good insurance plan to kind of be able to to do that. So the amount of um, logistics and work, and you know meetings and conferences, and working with insurance claims is you know which my wife pretty much dedicates her.
0: As if it's not enough, not enough. <laughs> as if, as if dealing with kids at all, isn't,
2: isn't already just like enough to think about. Yeah, no. And, you know, I, I love them more than anything and, you know, just want to be a dad and play with them and, you know, fast forward to where we are now. Um, and, you know, all, all three of them are getting services and going, going to school and their progression, you know, academically and socially has been really amazing. So it, it gives me a lot of hope.
0: One more question about the, the history side of things when, so the twins are going through some of this testing around, like you said, like 14 and 15 months, were they mm-hmm. showing signs to you and your wife, similar signs to that of your, your daughter?
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it was all kind of unique. So I think when my son he seemed to be a lot more socially aware, and he was you know looking everywhere and seemed to make eye contact with people mm-hmm. and my my daughter you know she didn't have the eye contact and you know there are certain you know things to to kind of look for and I think the biggest thing was just getting you know getting set up to get them tested um, as soon as mm-hmm. possible, considering the fact that our oldest hat was on the spectrum, so just getting that in place because the biggest advocate that you have is yourself and you have to fight to get them the services that they need. I feel horrible for, you know, people mm-hmm. that go through this or don't know what to do.
1: One thing is spending the time, but like got a lot of people who have jobs that don't offer insurance that covers this stuff, too. So yeah, it's like, yeah, do you yeah. go into poverty to pay for these services or do you?
2: Well, so birth to three is one of the services that they provide through, you know, through state. You know, it's probably different based on, you know, which state you're in. So, but when it's your kid, you do everything you can to, you know, get them set up for success, you know, mm-hmm. and then once they're five, they enter the public school system. And at that point, um, they're no longer under insurance and you're under the kind of the care of the school. So that's kind of based on the town that you, or city that you live in.
0: How have you found that to be? It's, Is that
2: you know, it's. It's definitely a challenge. Um, Yeah, I won't get into specifics, but, you know, our kids did try that. Our our oldest did. It didn't work out successfully. And she went back into the, you know, the autism school that she was in to kind of continue on. And it's we're kind of on like a year by year basis to, you know, evaluate and see how she does.
1: Would your preference be that they go through the public school system and that there are accommodations made to support them and, you know, integrate them with the entire student body?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that would be, you know, ideal to, to try that again. At first, it was like amazing. She was doing so good. She wanted to be in the class with the kids. You know, she wanted to do the programming kind of throughout the rest of the year. She slowly, slowly kind of started to regress and, you know, was having a lot of difficulties And, um, one of the things that's huge in autism is, you know, routine and rigidity. And sometimes when things don't go as expected for, for, you know, for her, it's, you know, complete chaos and stress.
1: We've talked about this a lot on the show, but like inherently as dads, I think a lot of us, you know, just feel the urge to like protect our kids from whatever it is when you are out in public and it's particularly challenging. Like you guys must deal with people who are assholes or just, or just like, <laughs> l- or just giving you dirty looks or just like yeah. staring. Yeah. I would go into full protection mode and, and yeah, I'm not a confrontational person, but when it comes to my kids, <laughs> like I'm not going to let anybody yeah. mess with them.
2: That's, I mean, that's, that happens sometimes and, I just, I don't even think about them. It's like, it's all about my kid and what, what do they need to be comforted? It's like, if we have to turn around and leave because, you know, it's, it's too difficult. You know, I, I do that. It's like, you know, one time over the summer at my company, they had a, um, kind of an event for all the family, you know, the people at our work and families to go to a local, you know, double, you know, triple A ball baseball game in our, um, in our city. And we tried. We thought, OK, we we built a storyboard for her with pictures of the stadium or we try to like, you know, because that's helps if they visually prepare for where they're going. And we took her we took her there and it, her anxiety from the noise and like the music that they were playing and all the people. Everything's just big. It was just yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's just so intense. She can't handle it we ended up leaving. I think we stayed for maybe like 10 or 15 minutes and like all my coworkers were trying to say, Hey Joe, how's it going? And all I, you know, they're being nice and trying to, you know, talk to me and my wife and my daughter. And it's just, you know, I feel horrible because it's like, you think going to a baseball game would bring, you know, complete joy for a, for a kid and something fun to do as a family. And, you know, for her, it was, you know, difficult.
1: Yeah. Has there been anything that has been like particularly helpful for you and your wife, any like resources, any advice, anything that's been really helpful for your family as you've been navigating this journey?
2: Yeah, I'd say definitely, um, you know, if you suspect anything to go, you know, usually there are services for the age up to three to kind of, you know, get the the services they need, you know, work with social services to kind of reach out to them to get that support. And I think reaching out connecting with other parents. You know, my wife is a lot on social media, you know, through like Facebook and stuff, you know, she's in different groups where she's able to communicate and talk through different forums about, you know, all these parents are going through the same stuff together, making, you know, friends with the kids that are in her, you know, her same school, uh, you know, program and stuff like that.
0: Here's, I I have a question. So in the five or so years that you've been sort of In this world and, you know, a part of this, this community, have you found that on a societal level, there's been any, any substantial or any at all, I guess, advancements in understanding or the level of awareness or the level of acceptance for folks on the autism spectrum
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, I think it's definitely more, people are more aware of it, you know, and people are realizing now there's probably a lot of people that, you know, might actually be on the spectrum and they just struggled in life and people thought they were weird, but, you know, their, their mind works differently. Um, So I think things are trending better
0: I'm just curious if you and your wife at all have sort of thought, not that anybody with young kids can like sit down and like think about, you know, big picture future sort of things, but have you ever sat down and sort of thought about what an ideal future, not for your kids, but for the world that your kids are inevitably growing up into would look like?
2: I think acceptance is huge and that goes kind of across all spectrums of mental disorders or, you know, sexual orientations or religion, stuff like that. But, you know, I do feel like there's more awareness going on just accepting people for who they are. And, you know, there's, there's people who are brilliant that that are on the spectrum and they've created amazing things and inventions and, art and stuff. So I think I don't look at it as a challenge. I look at it as a a gift that comes with the part of working through that social aspect, which is so huge in in the world to be able to communicate and talk to people.
1: One of the things that you touched on in that answer, Joe, was like both awareness and acceptance. And that's something that Mark and I have been talking about too. It's like you, but whether it is Mental wellness, mental health, whether it's sexual orientation, whether it is racial diversity, like we can talk all day long about it to raise awareness of it. But, you know, acceptance of it is it's just a different thing. Like you need to yeah. just normalize it. And like, of course, part of normalizing is is talking about it so that people have the language and the tools in their toolbox to address it and feel comfortable talking with other people about it. But then you just need to do whatever you can to ensure that everybody has the same opportunities. Different people are going to have challenges with things for different reasons, but you just work through it with the tools that you have. It's a big thing and it's kind of overwhelming to think about a little bit um, just because I don't even have all of the language to properly like convey what I'm saying right now. No,
2: but no, I I hear you. And I think it's like, it's one thing to say you want to do it, but you gotta, you gotta live it and you gotta do it through actions. It's like human nature to kind of point out what's different. But I think that's what makes, you know, humanity so amazing. And for me anyways, I I work with so many different people and different cultures and, you know, different ways of life. And I just want to learn as much as I can from them. Unfortunately, I think, you know, as a kid, you know, growing up, you know, in the 90s, you know, other kids kind of laughed at things that were different and I didn't oh, yeah. know any better, but, you know, kind of growing up and, you know, evolving as a, as a human, as a, as an adult, as a father, um, you know, it's just, I just, I just think there's, there's, there's better, there's better out there and you got to do that. It starts with yourself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and trying to, you know, practice that and, you know, be a better person. And I I think, you know, like we're talking about acceptance, that's, that's the biggest thing you can do and be open to things that are different, you know, beyond your comfort zone.
1: Obviously we've spent a lot of time talking about like the, the difficult and challenging things that your family deals with and has dealt with Mm -hmm. for the last seven years and obviously I'm sure it's easy to focus on the things that are hard or different from, you know, like I don't want to use the word traditional, but like a family that doesn't, that doesn't have children who are on the spectrum, but what are, what's awesome right now about being a dad for you?
2: Oh, I just, they're my oldest daughter, her, her free spiritness, her creativity is mind blowing. Like, and I think a lot of times that people on the spectrum, you know, they're gifted. You know, she she is super intelligent. She also is very silly and very funny, you know, and she likes to tell stories and she loves to laugh and she loves to role play. So I love playing with her and doing that kind of stuff. And um, her younger sister, she's just the most adorable little demon that you could imagine because <laughs> she's so sweet, but she gets herself into mischief all the time.
0: Yeah, it's like, but we've sort of said the word challenge a couple of times as it relates to what perhaps somebody who is on the autism spectrum has to face, right? There are certain challenges, but to me, I, I wonder if the biggest challenge is for the, for those who are not on the autism spectrum to get to the point where they're crossing that threshold between awareness and acceptance and doing whatever it is that they need to do in their daily life to get to that acceptance.
1: But here's the tricky thing as it pertains to Joe's family, right? It's the part of diversity, equity, and inclusion is exposure, right? And so if Joe's children are in a school that is specifically equipped to educate children mm-hmm. on the autism spectrum and they are not in the school system with other children, then the other kids don't have the exposure to it mm-hmm. to be able to accept it, right? That's the problem. And and the issue is that the schools the school doesn't have the infrastructure in place to be able to accommodate their unique style of learning and unique needs, right?
2: Yeah. Well, it's, and it's different. Every, every school is different. Every, you know, town, every city, you know, the program is different state. You know, I don't know what things look like down South. I don't know what things look like across the country, but, but you're right. But I think a lot of, you know, a lot of kids do get services through the public schools. So, you know, that's, that's kind of what we're, we're shooting for to, you know, hopefully get her back in that, you know, setting, you know, where she is exposed to typical kids. So, you know, so you're right. It's a trade-off of, you know, getting those specialized services to being around other typical kids and getting to learn modeling their behavior.
0: Right. This is what I'm kind of talking about. Like you've got the public school system, right? Which is supposed to be for the public. And yet it's Mm -hmm. not for all of the public because your kids are part of the public and the system that's in place and the structure that's been created is not conducive for for every type of situation. And maybe it never will be, but shouldn't that be a goal to constantly be evolving?
2: It's unfortunate that you need money and and means to, to kind of do that and make sure you really feel for the, those less fortunate that are dealing with, you know, lower, you know, economic status and, and trying to handle that too, because man, I think I have it bad some days. There's, there's someone else that has it worse. So I try to be grateful for, you know, for what we have. The other thing is, like, my kids are healthy. They're strong. You know, yes, they have challenges, but it makes me want to be more accepting and understanding of those who are different and be a, a friend. Because, you know, man, I'm fucking weird too, so... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Kindness and gratitude seems like a good place to to wrap this out. Joe, it's like, uh, it's honestly, it was so good to reconnect with you a few weeks back. uh, And this has been a really rich uh, conversation. So I really appreciate you being so candid, Joe. It's been good to like
2: connect with you on this level. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure talking to you guys and you got a fan here.
1: I thought we could end with a joke. <laughs> you want to end with like be- end with like a joke before we close it out?
0: Yeah, yeah. We begin the ending with a joke. Sure,
1: you've got one planned, I assume, because I uh,
0: don't. Well, I was wondering if you had had heard about the chameleon who couldn't change colors. Chameleon couldn't change colors. Yeah, it's actually quite sad. He has. Uh, a reptile dysfunction. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's
1: clever. I get he it. Ha-
0: he has
1: a reptile dysfunction. I get it. Right. Yeah, it's like a dick joke. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's funny. Listeners, dad's moms listening. Thank you for spending your last 35 minutes or so with us on Modern Dadhood. Uh, Please consider wherever you're listening to leave a quick rating and review. on Apple, Amazon, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever. Uh, All episodes are also available on moderndadhood.com. Please, wherever you're listening, uh, do leave us a a rating and review. And in your holiday parties, please tell one friend about the show. Just tell a friend. Don't forget to find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn
0: simply by searching Modern Dadhood. If you are on the website, don't forget you can purchase t-shirts and dad hoodies. They're available on our website. That's moderndadhood.com. Every order ships with a free sticker. Ding. Also, you can contact us through the form on the website or by emailing hey h-e-y at modern Tell us your hopes and dreams for 2023. We want to so, uh, Pete Morse. What about Casper Baby Pants?
1: What about Spencer Alby? Well, let's extend our gratitude to them. Casper,
0: Spencer, thank you for the music that you have lovingly crafted and uh, provided to us for our, our
1: show. Thank you so much to Pete Morse at Red Vault Audio for mixing the show, making us sound great, always offering uh, good advice on how we could sound even better you can visit pete at redvaultaudio.com to learn more about what he does also thank you to my longtime friend joe mandrovellis it was a great chat i learned a lot and if you're interested in checking out joe's music i'll put links in the show notes to his facebook instagram and youtube pages for joe mandro music um i'd also like to say thank you for listening and happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Podcast. Jesse <laughs> <laughs> Motter.